0: After this brief intro, you'll hear the audio from our latest live Instagram Q&A. Our live sessions are so much fun. We basically Mm -hmm. show up and connect, commiserate, and build skills alongside our upbringing community. Folks write in ahead of time or chime in with questions and struggles around kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors. We typically explore five to 15 questions and offer our take, our instincts, our goals, helpful phrasing, and ways to parent with alignment and integrity using our resist approach. Thank you for being here and for supporting us. And if you'd like to give your family and upbringing some extra support, please visit our website at upbringing.co to learn about our upcoming membership community, as well as our shop, which is now full of informative guides and inspiring prints based on everything we've shared here on the podcast these past two years. Wow, two years. (laughs) Thanks for growing up alongside us, one conversation at a time. Here we go. I'm Hannah. This is Kelty. We're upbringing. We're here live to chat, Q&A, all things uh, challenging with your spirited and sensitive kids. Mm-hmm. Ready, set, go. <laughs> what do you got? What's what happening? Got? How's we've, it got, going? we've got plenty to share um, ourselves personally. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We can commiserate, we can connect, we can build skills, we can get rid of that control based toolbox that uh, we've inherited. As parents, it comes so easily. So right. So easily we want to control our kids, but consequences on my terms now, threats, rewards, overpower, lectures, shame, blame, spanking. You know the drill, right? We're trying to move past that. We're trying to move through that. We're trying to build new skills, new toolbox. Right. Right? Powers with, beyond control. With grace, with humor, with no shame, no blame. Oh, we whatsoever. love you. Too. Um Wish we could um, have you live on our video. Our internet here is a little funky, and the time we did a live, brought someone on, everything got really off, and it was not fun. So I'm sorry um, that you can't join us today. Um, but we would recommend our July small group coaching if you want to jump on um, a screen with us. There, we're starting those up this week for June, and um, all three uh, weekly sessions sold out. So. Um, check out July, which we just put up uh, on our website at upbringing.co. Yep. There are two groups, one on Tuesdays in July, one on Thursdays in July. Um, Groups of eight where we can connect, commiserate, and build skills to support our spirited and sensitive kids. Kind of like what we're doing here, but just a Mm -hmm. lot more kind of intimate and and one-on-one. So we're looking forward to that. And we just love being here too with Mm -hmm. you. It's just, it's so wonderful to connect um, about... Uh, things that most of the time we just want to sweep under the rug most of the time we just uh-huh. want to forget happens until oh. it happens again right and we're like oh we're there again oh my oh, gosh no. they're doing this thing again and I'm doing my thing again and we're, we're in this loop we're in this groundhog right. day um, cycle how do mm-hmm. we break the cycle right and that's it's talking about it it's it's yeah. raising our awareness and our intentions so that we can, Um, respond a little differently yeah Yeah, exactly Kel yeah respond Mm -hmm. instead of react show up in a way that we feel proud of show up in a way that we want our kids (sighs) to be learning so Mm -hmm. thinking about the ways that we show up in our kids lives are we modeling the skills that we want them to learn ultimately and that's what what we talk about often here at upbringing is the way we teach our kids is what they learn right they don't just learn don't bop your brother do your homework you can't lie to me xyz. Eat your vegetables. Right. They also learn by the way we're talking to them, by our use or abuse of power. Mm -hmm. Whether we're engaging in respectful interaction regardless of age or if we're pulling the power trip as the mom card kind of deal, right? Mm -hmm. Which we're trying to avoid. That's part of our work here. How do do we sound everybody? We have a little mic situation going on so let us know if it's
1: Mm -hmm. static-y
0: or grainy or anything. Um, I had one here that we said we would do for Erin. She said, I've been pretty calm for so long running the resist approach, which is amazing, and I've set the scene. Innovated. Locations, lotions, sprays, and choices, but nothing works when it comes to changing my 22-month-old daughter's diaper. It takes about 45 minutes to get cooperation. Basically, I change all of her stuffed animals, and then it's her turn. This is annoying and exhausting, and I have a seven-month-old daughter too, and I don't have time for anything let alone 45 minutes to change one of five diapers. But now she takes off the diaper right after and her pants too. I have a personal meltdown when this happens, all the work for nothing. I go from calm and chill to what the fuck. Mm-hmm. I forced diaper and pants on her today and it was a total meltdown. I felt like the worst parent holding her down to change her and forcing pants on her screaming body. This is not in line with my values or how I want a parent. She keeps peeing on the couch and carpet, which is why I need a limit of diaper on inside. How can I hold a limit and set a boundary? I'm really struggling to figure this out, and I could handle the 45-minute diaper changes five times a day, but not when she takes them off right after. I'm losing my shit. Mm -hmm. I feel the rage as I'm writing this email. I don't want to be annoyed, and I want her to be free, but I can't handle this resistance every hour. Yes, and this this diaper-changing example could be used for the 45 minutes it takes you to get your kid to go to the car to school. This could be for the 45 minutes it takes you to get your kid to get in the the shower or the bath. Or to clean up their Legos or their homework situation for dinner. The same problem, right? Same root cause. is just Mm -hmm. different needs, different skills between Mm -hmm. us and our kids, right? Mm -hmm. And the same quote-unquote solution. There's no like fix-it perfect solution. But the idea is getting aware of those needs. What Mm -hmm. is the kid needing? What am I needing? Mm -hmm. Where can we then set a loving limit to try and meet both of our needs as, as well as we can. Yeah, I love that this parent um, is really super aware of feeling triggered, of what's happening, of, um, when they're feeling really pushed, what they could really, what their threshold is for these types of interactions in the situation that their child is presenting them with. That's a mm-hmm. huge, great step, yeah. right? And then it's just like, now what? That's mm-hmm. so hard. Right, especially when you feel like as a parent, and I know so many of you here are really working on this. You're mm-hmm. working so hard mm-hmm. to feel like you're innovating and you're setting the scene and you're you know, communicating mm-hmm. respectfully. Yeah. And then they go and undo it right after, which can feel really frustrating and mm-hmm. hard. Or it doesn't quote unquote work. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, I'm running the resist approach, right? right? Which which you can download on our website and is our six-step model for a respectful, um, responsible uh, conversation with our kids when we come into conflict with mm-hmm. needs, right? So we respect, we empathize, we sync up, we innovate, we summarize, and we trust. And that's like the loose six-step model of a conversation um, that's built in nonviolent communication and empathy and problem solving and all the good things. But it's not always designed to work to make our child quote unquote comply, right? Or be obedient in those situations. Mm-hmm. And it can feel defeating when we feel like, like you said, Ian, we're working. We're working so hard. We're working against every instinct we have. Right. All of that cultural conditioning, all of those voices in our head sound very familiar. Maybe like our parents, maybe like a teacher, maybe like a coach, maybe Some like white dude, little white dude on our shoulder yeah. being like, just make him feel small. Just You know, just do it for them. Right. Make them do it. Just force them. Just get it done. Just take something away. Just take charge. mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, So we feel you on that. I would say that, I mean, I think when we talk about agendas, when we talk about expectations, that's where so much of the frustration is coming Mm -hmm. because you have the best of intentions here with this uh, two-year-old that is refusing diaper changes and then taking their diaper off after the 45-minute diaper change. Mm -hmm. But I think that so much about it is saying, that's communication. I think it's so easy to forget that our kids' behaviors are communication. When our two-year-old can't say, sit us down and say, you know, mom, so I want to talk about this diaper-changing situation. Um, I think I'm ready to potty train. I'm I'm noticing that I'm taking my diaper Mm -hmm. off all the time. I don't like the feel of it. Mm -hmm. I don't like feeling going in it and feeling it on my body. And I think I'm ready to diaper change. Mm -hmm. And can I also tell you, mom, that when you yelled at me so strongly when I peed on the couch, I found that kind of funny. Can I tell Mm -hmm. you that? I found it funny. I found Mm -hmm. it interesting. And that's why I keep doing it Mm -hmm. because I'm trying to understand why it's a great way to get your attention because I know we've got little baby sister now and that's yeah, been also, stressing Mom, me out. Speaking about baby, little baby sister, I'm just like <laughs> I'm stressing from it. I've got a lot of just angst and discomfort. I don't know what's really going on. All of a sudden, she's crawling around. All of a sudden, she's babbling. These weird noises are coming out of her. I'm sensing this is going to be more than a little wriggling infant in the corners. Things are changing mm-hmm. and I'm not quite sure what to do about it. Mm-hmm. So when you say no, I say No, Mm And when you say, do this, I say, or I'll do that. Mm -hmm. Right? If only our kids could talk to us this way. And and it, it begs the question, if all of you with the question you have today, which we hope you're sending in here, what would you think that your kid would say if they could sit you down and have an adult conversation with you? How would they explain the problem that you're bringing to the table here? What would they say? What would they say, mom or dad, hey, mm-hmm. this is going on. This is a good exercise let's, in empathy and perspective taking. Let's taken. imagine what our kids are, uh, would tell us in those moments because they can't. They can't yet. They're not aware yet. The, the person that is the most likely to be aware in those moments is us. Unfortunately, yeah. it, it gives us the job of doing that that work. So with this this parent who is struggling through these 45-minute diaper changes, that is awesome. Mm-hmm. But I think the fact that – and that can pass all that innovation you're mm-hmm. doing. Like it could get better and the diaper changes could get shorter. Mm-hmm. You know, your two-year-old might outgrow this kind of push and pull stage mm-hmm. um, or maybe start putting it on themselves more or doing more of their mm-hmm. own agency, standing up and this and that. But I think the, that, the fact that your two-year-old is taking it off after – and wanting to pee freely and go to the bathroom freely is telling us that they're saying, I'm done with diapers. Mm-hmm. I'm done with diapers, Mama. Yeah. Um, so I think that, that we would recommend what often feels like the impossible, which is just be cool. Yeah. Just be neutral as much as you can. Right? Mm-hmm. And that you're just like, what? Not force fix cajole manipulate innovate around all these things we've got those ideas too we've got mm-hmm. lots of those ideas yeah. but the number one thing that pops to my mind is be cool take the acceptance pre- take for the, the ashes. Pressures. take the pressure off take the heat off take mm-hmm. the energy off and I think it will resolve. Speaking of heat and energy, it's almost summer. It is summer at this point. Mm-hmm. And I, hopefully, you can spend as much time as possible outside. Mm-hmm. And you could, with your two-year-old, very simply several times, allow them to go without a diaper outside, which you probably mm-hmm. are already doing. And then anytime they go inside, you say diaper has to come on if you want to come in for something fun, Right? Mm-hmm. to help them understand, oh, yeah. And then if they take it off inside, then that's when you say, oh, we need to um, be in the kitchen, the bathroom, or outside because mm-hmm. that's where there isn't carpet, right? And we're not saying like warning. We're saying, mm-hmm. oh, if it's awesome, this is just naturally what we do. Mm-hmm. And that may require a little bit more gating. So create gating areas with the kitchen or the bathroom for mm-hmm. a couple days or a week or two at the most. Yeah. Or stash potties around different right. places. But that could create a like kind of a loving limit of saying, I'm sorry, but we can't be on the couch or be in the living room. Without a diaper on, right? But you're welcome to be without a diaper anywhere else over here with these, mm-hmm. you know, tiled floors. And so we're taking all the pressure and the energy out of it, and just getting very clear on what we're okay with and what we're not okay with. What the I options think that's are. a that's a very simple and really good recommendation, Hannah. <laughs> but for certain kids of certain temperaments, that's not going to solve the problem okay. because they will see the gate as the next diaper right Mm -hmm. they'll see that sliding door being being stuck outside is the next diaper to take off the next challenge the next thing to resist against Mm -hmm. so i think we have to also not just think is this a diaper situation is this a potty training situation but this is a moment of resistance like Mm -hmm. we just said it's a two-year-old they're coming into their own they've got a baby sibling those are two huge reasons to be pushing back on everything Mm -hmm. and that's okay and that's good right so part of me just wants to say cool it on those things Mm -hmm. if if you can be cool letting them on the couch. You see a little pee coming out. Oh, I'm going to help you off. And we're just going to physically show the limit. Mm-hmm. We're going to move you off. Like, oh, looks like you leaked a little mm-hmm. bit. Let's move to the bathroom. Let's head off to the potty. Yeah. Right. We're mustering every ounce of self-control we can. Maybe we keep some blankets on the couch mm-hmm. or like some sheet things that cover it a little bit more mm-hmm. to, to give us that feeling or of put like, put it in okay, storage and okay. get a Craigslist couch for a little bit. Right? What can we do other than putting pressure on our kids mm-hmm. when when they're already feeling stress? Mm-hmm. That's where my mind goes. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I hope this all helps a little bit. But man, you know the. The, yeah. um, the toilet learning is is a tricky situation. It ebbs and flows. You're yeah. never in it for too long, it's never forever. Yeah. I would say continue to just have curiosity and continue to innovate and to try new things mm-hmm. and bring your two-year-old in with you as often as you can. Yeah. Just remember to try and that allyship can really go. Yeah a long and last way. validation for being for putting so much thought and energy and time into working with your child's body respectfully because yeah. diapering is a matter of consent just like showering, washing our kids' hair, helping them brush their teeth. We always think, okay, I'm gonna teach them consent. You don't have to hug grandma. Or, can I tickle you? Are you sure? Okay, consent, nailed, we're good. But then what about all the other times that, like you said, we're wrestling them into their clothes? That feels like shit, yeah. right? Or we're forcing them into the tub or saying, your hair is, whew, it's so oily. Right, Mm -hmm. That's body shaming our kids. And then the times we get in there is breach of consent. So thinking about those ways that we can work with our kids, it's Mm -hmm. such a good reminder Their resistance says, "Uh uh-uh, my terms, Uh uh-uh, my body. Mm -hmm. And that's great. So if we can keep refocusing on that and thinking, okay, how do I work around this? Instead of just going right through the front door, which I've been continued to do, knock, knock, let me in, control, hierarchy, parent to child, let's do this. Mm -hmm. How can we say... can we go around the sides to work with them to to wrap on the window hello (laughs) right to send a little rock up at the attic window hi here i am in this other way that's going to surprise you and engage you Mm -hmm. right instead of kicking the door down right so often like a two-year-old it's their body they're showing you they want authority over it Mm -hmm. and so i think working with that authority like you're saying kelty is is the name of the game and finding what is that language how can i help my child feel that sense of pride and ownership over their body that works with me, not Mm -hmm. against me. You know, they are the key. They are the magic ticket in that way, which is pretty cool. And a lot of that is using promotional language too, instead of the shaming language, instead of your diaper's stinky, your diaper's dirty. You have to change those things. Just like feeling feeling like a broken record. Like we would with any kid, like you need to do your homework. You need to turn this assignment in. It's 9 p.m. Mm -hmm. You've got to do it tomorrow Mm -hmm. or any other reminder. like those are the moments that I find myself charging myself up. Yeah. I'm like, here I am just winding myself up. And winding our kids up too at the same time. Yeah. Instead, we would just say, when are you ready to be all fresh and clean? Mm-hmm. How's your body feeling? How's your diaper feeling with the, with the poop in it? Is it is, it, is it a little, you let me know. I know when you're ready. You'll know when you're ready and you can tell me, you know your body. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, when you're ready for diaper change, do you want to make an animal sound? Don't tell me what it is. Surprise me. Cause I'll be waiting when you're ready You can do it over there by the changing table unless you want that one. So either changing table, right? We're giving choices here. Or um, if you can think of a fun way to change your diaper, let me know. It could be on the stairs, it could be standing up in front of the mirror, or I was thinking about diaper changing songs. I feel like you've been not wanting to change your diaper. Sometimes you take it off. Have you noticed that? What song could we put on? What's our diaper changing song today? Right, that might last one diaper change, that might last halfway through the process. We'll get back on the train. I think it's so interesting that this topic of... Of, di- of resistance essentially is also in the realm of diaper changing but it really is in the realm of toilet learning and mm-hmm. most toilet learning books and accounts don't really talk about diaper changing and I think thinking of this experience with your 22 month old mm-hmm. who's resisting these changes Practice. <laughs> is, is toilet learning yeah. it's learning about their body it's learning about what their body needs it's learning about how to work with another person who has to care for their body, it's building communication and collaboration skills mm-hmm. all of it's very very worthy work, not to say it's not really hard and you must feel really fucking tired right mm-hmm. now. So props to you. Mm-hmm. Um, hope that helps a little bit. Yeah. Someone else wrote in and said, we just experienced the worst meltdown ever. Our four-year-old got angry. I don't even remember why, honestly. It feels like a blur. But we live on a third floor and he wants to jump from the couch. Um, we keep on setting a space for jumping, but he does it to defy us. We try to tell him calmly not to do it and he screams And it just gets worse. Everything we say just gets screams hitting. And now I feel out of control myself, which I know he can see. Mm. Oh, we're sorry to hear that. Yeah. That's really tricky. I I can definitely relate to setting a a limit Mm -mm. and getting that that what feels like retaliation. It feels like they're like, well, you won't let me this, then I'm going to all -hmm. over you. And it Mm -hmm. feels so hard. And and I've been at that place, too, where I'm like, where did this even begin? I can't even remember how this started, mm-hmm. this crazy train I'm on, right? I think it's great that you're thinking of like, okay, I'm clear on the limit that I need to mm-hmm. be setting. Okay, next, I'm clear on communicating that to my child. Great, so they are mm-hmm. aware of it. Next, I'm providing an alternative, right? That's also part of the resist approach. is isn't just saying no and why, but also here is what you can do. We're problem solving, mm-hmm. right? We're innovating. That's the innovate step of the resist approach. And so you're doing that here, but he does it to defy you is whats is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And you try to tell him calmly not to do it, but he screams, right? Um, And it just gets worse and worse. And so then it sounds like every time you say something, he screams back and then it escalates from there. Mm -hmm. And I think my concern is, or concern, my question is, is why is this all just happening in words? And where is it that you are intervening and following through lovingly with your body and his body? So we were just talking a moment ago about wanting to be really careful with how we engage with our kids' bodies around diaper changing. We want to show them... That we don't abuse our, our size, our age, our power and privilege, essentially, as their parent. Um, so perhaps you who are um, writing in about this um, this four-year-old who insists on jumping on the couch and gets in a screaming match with you, maybe you're, you're worried about intervening. I don't know if you end up saying, okay, I'm going to block the couch or, okay, I'm going to help move your body to your bedroom or to another room. I, I'm or not you're just sure. saying stop, right? Right. Or if you're just saying, stop, if it's just kind of a language thing. And I think it's, it's really um, common with a lot of folks we work with and coach with where they say, well, I told him, I told my three-year-old, I told my Mm -hmm. five-year-old, I told him before, and then he was doing it. And I told him then, and then I reminded him and then I warned him and then Mm -hmm. I took something away. And then we had an argument Mm -hmm. back and forth and it got worse and it just totally devolved. And that's usually when, when we say something to our child um, and they respond negatively or they ignore us or they continue to do you defy, as you say, that's when we realize that words aren't enough. Mm-hmm. Our words are not enough, that they may cognitively understand, but they emotionally cannot comply. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's when they, they have tru- trouble um, regulating their impulses to stop themselves. And that's when they need our help, not just our information or our reminder mm-hmm. or our threat or any of those things, but they're needing physical support. So I think that's when we would step in lovingly. Maybe we would, Kelty would probably use some humor first to de-escalate the situation. It's sounding a little bit like you have kind of a vicious cycle happening. So now he knows when I'm not feeling good, I I jump on the couch to bother mom and dad or whoever Mm -hmm. it is. And so maybe starting from scratch and saying, Mm -hmm. wow, we've created kind of this back and forth thing. I need to rewrite this narrative, Mm -hmm. set the scene. What am I going to do? What would you want to do, Kel? Yeah, we have a couple more uh, people requesting to be in our video. and I think we're just not able to do that tonight. We're going to keep a little bit of a shorter um, yeah. Video and episode, but if you do want a video with us, check out our small group coaching for July yeah. at our website. And DM yeah. us uh, or enter your question below. Yeah. Um, she also says sometimes I carry him to the place where he can jump. but Maybe he feels the tension, even though I try <clears throat> try not to communicate it. Yeah. yeah, he's being removed from the thing, and that could be sometimes a moment for our kids to just tea kettle and get all that stress out. Mm-hmm. All of, they're, they're simmering or they're yelling, and the second you put your hands on them, even so gently, so mm-hmm. gently to move them, you're taking a deep breath moving them out that's when it just extra unleashes because mm-hmm. they're being carried away physically a limit is being held and it's mm-hmm. so hard for they them look at you like you touch them so roughly when you like literally just softly guided their body they mm-hmm. just fall to the floor mm-hmm. like you've just like given them a big thunk, you know yeah um and that, so that's so natural and i might not necessarily move him to the alternative place but i would move him just away from the couch yeah. and that, so i would be saying there's an alternative mm-hmm. There's this, there's that, but it's just not this couch And that, And that might let him say, like you said, where he gets more tears and eventually asks for a hug, she Mm -hmm. wrote, which Mm -hmm. is great. But if he is of a certain temperament, moving him away from the couch might make him kick you in the teeth and want to go back to that couch. Like Mm -hmm. my son will be like, and out of my way, I'm going back. You're going to have to drag me kicking, screaming, biting, scratching Mm -hmm. away from this. Now, this is my main mission in life to be (laughs) on this couch forever for as long as I want and you can't stop me and you can't you really can't can't. it would be right and so I think I like Hannah's advice which is try to just lovingly physically hold the limit Mm -hmm. repeatedly talk about it outside the moment hey I've noticed you want to jump on the couch sometimes you know you know the rule you know so what can we do sometimes when you go there what do you do then what can I do to support you because I don't want to be like hey so-and-so remember no couch hey no couch hey no Mm -hmm. couch like add some humor in there Maybe they have an idea, maybe they don't. Maybe we're just building context around the thing. But if they're more spirited, I would say cool it. Let them jump on the couch. Or, like we talked about um, last question, get a new couch for a little bit. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of people in my life recently have been buying like $10,000 couches, and I'm like, with little kids? So you want to be the jumping police? So mm-hmm. you want to be the, the sticky fingers police? Do you want that to be your your full-time job? Right. Do you want this couch to get in the middle of your relationship oh, with your kids? Yeah. I think you could also always have your neighbors write a letter or mm-hmm. something like that that you can show them, your four-year-old, about why jumping off the couch and on the third floor is disruptive. But mm-hmm. I really think that the, the main issue here isn't that your child doesn't know or understand why... He shouldn't jump off the couch, or that it's that, fun. or that it's that fun yeah. that he needs to do it. I think that's what he does. He's learned to do when he's feeling uncomfortable and needs to push up against something and get your attention and say, "Hey, over here! I'm not feeling good, and I need to have a meltdown right now." Yeah. So when we yeah. start sensing that, we're like, "Oh gosh, we're in this pattern again. Oh gosh, I'm saying those things mm-hmm. again. Oh gosh, they're doing these things again. How are we here again?" Right. That's when we can break that script, and humor helps a lot, it does. right? Seeing him jumping on the couch, I'm looking at a couch <clears> right now, <throat> and I'm picturing my son jumping with this shit-eating grin on his face, like he knows he's not supposed to. And I think I would deliver that back. I'd be like, what are you doing? wait a minute. okay." and I'd come over and I'd hold his hands and help him jump for a second. And then I would say, should we do one, two, three? And you do a spin move onto my back, right? right? Very subtly saying, you don't belong here. Or, hey, I see you over there on the couch. I was going to c- cut some veggies, name something he likes. Mm-hmm. Not like, come get ice cream, but like, mm-hmm. come on over here. We're offering a couple things. A to not say, I see you, but like, hey, I see you. I'm noticing. I challenge you. Right. We're, yeah. we're playing it cool. We're being cool. And I think that it's these moments where... We're back to that again, and the, our anger is mounting, and our kid is resisting, and we've reached this this apex of of a moment, and we think now I got to double down even harder. Mm-hmm. This means business. If now. I've said <laughs> that he can't do it, and he's still doing can, it. What am these, I supposed all to do? Of these thoughts start yeah. burbling up. He can't be taking advantage of me this way. I keep he knows. He always. He never. So disrespectful. Mm-hmm. He's he's what what did you say? Defying us. Mm-hmm. Those are all automatic negative thoughts that pit us against our kids. Yeah. Right, as opposed to looking at him and thinking he's a little dysregulated, he's needing to move his body. Obviously, he knows this is a place to kind of exercise that discomfort and explore it a little bit, and he knows Mm -hmm. I'm a safe person to do that with. I'm not always the safest. I'm trying to be safe more often than not, and Mm -hmm. that's okay. Right, and we can rewrite that script. We can rewrite it with humor. We can rewrite it with innovation. We can rewrite it with a circle back. We can rewrite it with honest connection. Sometimes I just want to jump and move my body like that too. Sometimes I want to punch the bed when Papa's in it. And he's like, no, you know, we can, we can be funny and engage and align Mm -hmm. with our kids. Mm -hmm. We can try. We can try, right? Mm -hmm. What else is going on with you all? Do you have another one Let us us know. No, we have another one here. We've got a lot of DMs happening. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone said, hello, love everything you two do. Pass um, you along to all my mama friends. Any thoughts on how to address toddlers who always wanna play police and jail? It's a real Mm. trigger for me because of police violence, racism, mass incarceration. Am I way overthinking? I know it's totally natural for young kiddos to act out big powerful themes to work through their stuff, but the police and jail thing is driving me crazy. My three-year-old bubble buddy, only real kid he plays with besides uh, because of covid is constantly wanting to act out police catching bad guys quote unquote jail i struggle to find the balance of letting them work through this while not wanting to glorify or misrepresent policing any help would be so appreciated what a great question such a great question we haven't thought of we just i just read this we haven't like thought about it beforehand at all um as as we do here i just don't think you're overthinking it. at all I think it's, it's wonderful good. that you're thinking about it's this. a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking about kids playing police and jailing and we run into it sometimes when our sons try to make little Lego guns and things. Mm-hmm. Like right away I'm like, I wanna be like, break your gun, break it you mm-hmm. know, and the next second I'm like, but this is kind of fantasy play. This is them putting on different faces and in, in different spaces and experimenting mm-hmm. with power, experimenting with other lives. It's it's such a fine line, it's tricky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and you said it, you called it, you said, I know it's totally natural for young kiddos to act out big, Mm -hmm. powerful themes to work through their stuff. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. So we would say in the moment when they're doing those things, Mm -hmm. let them do those things. And then Mm -hmm. outside the moment is where the real work happens. Mm -hmm. So in the moment, protect yourself, take your deep breaths, Mm -hmm. do what you need to do. And then outside the moment, that's where you get books that that support that you can read mm-hmm. with your three year old, I think, or four-year-old. You're talking about that's all the where. all the ways you can build context and connect with your kid. And I was yeah. like, and find ways to play less with that other kid. Right. <laughs> like, but it's gonna, it's gonna come up, it's gonna happen. Sure. We can't shield our kids from everything. We can't your child might read a comic book or or see something, and this might not be this neighbor kid. We Mm -hmm. want to build tools in ourselves that help Mm -hmm. us move through these challenges, not avoid them all the time. I I was just throwing it out there. Yeah. But uh, great. If you can minimize, fantastic. Minimize. Um, But I think that it would say, what's, what's in my power? controlling their play, they might not understand that. A three-year-old being controlled would just say, they're not liking my ideas. Mm-hmm. They, She doesn't understand me. She doesn't she's want me to have about fun. She's talking about police. She's talking about jails. What is being she annoying? talking about? I don't get it. She mm-hmm. has a problem with me being curious and having fun and engaging in a natural way. So we don't necessarily want to control their play. Mm-hmm. What else can we control in those moments? Mm-hmm. We can control the bro- books we have and the little shows, probably too young for shows, but the media that we bring Mm -hmm. into our homes that talk about police, that Mm -hmm. bring up those subjects. We can tell stories Mm -hmm. about those things. Mm -hmm. We can do our own role play. We can do Mm -hmm. our own symbolic play Mm -hmm. with toys and things, Mm -hmm. saying, I need help. You could talk about when, you know, if you want to be talking about how the police was really meant to support people and help people, you could story that out. Mm -hmm. If you're talking about people who get mistreated by the police, you can story and play that out as well. Mm -hmm. Any agenda you want to to bring in to build context to your Mm -hmm. three or four-year-old around playing police and guns and bad guys. I talk to my son all the time about bad guys. He Mm -hmm. reads the books called The Bad Guys. Mm -hmm. And they're actually trying to be good guys. But even that binary talk just irks me to no end. Mm -hmm. And so I talk about it all the time. I'm always like what do you think's going on for that villain? I was gonna say. You know, it's like a villain, you know? Is he, do you feel like he's really bad? What's a vi- Like a villain and, and like they're him? to the point now where they're like, he probably had a tough childhood and he doesn't understand what he needs. So that's why he hurts people. And so they're understanding that and, and building that context. So that's yeah. so much power we and have. And then I think beyond that, we want to just be, ba- it's back to considering our power and privilege as parents and the yeah. way we interact with our kids being the number one thing. We can buy all the books in the world about policing responsibly, or about mm-hmm. BLM, or about the prison system, or all of these things. But if we're treating our kids as with, less, punitive, justice, with punitive justice as less than we are, then we're just reinforcing those concepts. Right. So, our, so our main goal, yes, is building context. Yes, is having deeper conversations about society and the world and ideals and, and the less ideal things that are happening. The reality that we're living in right now and so many others. Thank you. The less privilege. But but beyond that, the most we can do is to treat our children with respect Mm -hmm. and to be modeling the person that we want them to become, right? Right. I mean, my son will say bad guys or play those types of things, but when I'm frustrated and I come into the room, he'll look up at me and say, how you doing, mama? What's going on? Or he and my daughter, he's five, he'll... They'll rage on each other and struggle, and then he'll come back and say, boy, I just wanted to say I'm sorry. I was really feeling frustrated earlier, and talk about it with her. Mm -hmm. And that's not because we've read a bunch of books. It's not because uh, he doesn't play uh, cops and robbers or those types of things. Mm -hmm. It's because of the way I treat him and my partner treats him in these tricky moments. So again, reinforcing, I think we can feel so helpless and powerless mm-hmm. when our kids are playing and talking about things that make us feel incredibly yeah, uncomfortable. Like, ki- like killing each other or shooting each other or people. Yeah, or if they say racist comment type yeah. things, just out of context, but it still makes us feel so worried because mm-hmm. we feel such a responsibility as we should as privileged white people. Mm-hmm. It's a lot, but I think considering the, the huge impact of our parenting and our discipline mm-hmm. is one really big way that we're doing this work and that it's going to be um supporting our kids in the way that we want, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, someone says, My daughter refuses to sit at the dinner table unless she's watching TV while she eats, or we bribe her with dessert. Any tips? She's three and a half. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. sure. Hannah loves talking about food stuff. Oh my gosh. And it's I wish so we had hard. more time. We've got like five or ten minutes left. Yeah. Um but uh, you know, I think it's a really easy uh, pattern to get into feeding our kids at the table with um, with some entertainment included. Mm-hmm. I think that's very normal because we care so much um, about their health and about their nutrition that when they, understandably, when they're toddlers, struggle to stay sitting, struggle to stay eating, or struggle to eat the things that we think, um, excuse me, are the best for their bodies it really makes us feel worried and scared. And that can lead us to sometimes supplement. It can lead us to supplement um, uh, the dinner time or meal time experience, right? And then we get into a bit of a pattern. I think you're realizing here with your three and a half year old, oh, she wasn't the best eater or oh, she was a little underweight as a baby. And so mm-hmm. we got, I, I was really worried about just getting those calories in mm-hmm or she was sick or had a surgery or something, mm-hmm. or you know, I have eat different eating beliefs or eating issues and I really want her to have good ones. We all come to the table, so to speak, with mm-hmm. so much baggage, mm-hmm. um, so many plates of, of different things um, that we bring to our child's eating. Mm-hmm. So I think that this question seems very uh, cut and dry, simple but I really think it's it's so complicated and so nuanced. Mm-hmm. Thinking about the why this is happening, I think is one of the most important things. Yeah. And yeah. I think if you wanna make this issue sim- simple, just stop doing TV and stop doing desserts and see what happens. Right. right, yeah. I think that one of the biggest things we talk about at Upbringing, besides the beauty of resistance, is also the power of self-attunement and how trust is such an inherent part of our relationship or can be with our kids and thinking, oh my gosh, I mean, I trusted my baby to eat when they were hungry mm-hmm. in infancy. I trusted them to decide how much finger food or whatever it was, maybe on the mm-hmm. plate. And now they're not finger fooding anymore. Mm-hmm. They're they're needing to feed themselves completely. I can't get that food in there, maybe. Mm-hmm. Wow, I have to trust them to feed themselves and nourish themselves. And that is such a big trust mm-hmm. fall, right? Yeah. But the research shows that kids can feed themselves, nourish themselves when given the opportunity without control without distractions, mm-hmm. without coercion, without manipulation, yeah, but it, without it's a, entertainment. It's a big trust fall. We talk about it in mm-hmm. our uh, Freedom Nourish podcast episode. And you can read about it a little bit on our mm-hmm. Freedoms model that you can download for free on our website. But the division of responsibility that we recommend from is it on Satter that created it? Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is basically the we we decide what foods, we decide um, when when Right, the window. What you just always? I, do I mess it up? No. <laughs> no, you do it though. Let me see if I can get it. So we decide um, which. Yeah, we, we, we decide when meal times are. So we, it could be windows. So it's like not Generally, just when I sit down be an like an hour, hour, let's say, and snacks. We decide where mealtimes are, Mm -hmm. so at the table, which we would recommend. Or table and counter where their little seat is. Something like that, so that they're not running around and you don't know what they're eating and they Mm -hmm. can choke and leave stuff all over the floor. And we decide what foods are served, right? Mm -hmm. And then our child gets to decide how much, which foods they choose, Mm -hmm. and how much of each of them. Yeah. And that is the division of responsibility. You can Google it. Um, and we, we highly recommend it. It's an intuitive eating practice, essentially, that helps our kids attune to their bodies, mm-hmm. their taste buds, their preferences, mm-hmm. their, um, their sensory systems, yeah. their hunger and satiety signals. Are they hungry? Are they full? Mm-hmm. Does this taste good? Do they like it? Do they like it cooked? Do they like it raw? How do they want those things? Mm-hmm. It's not about us. We mm-hmm. don't want to get in between our kid and their food. Yeah, and I so... think that the, the, your intention with putting the entertainment on for your child is so normal and so natural Mm -hmm. because you feel like they'll be able to focus on eating if they're sitting still. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, it's undermining the mindfulness practice of consuming food wholeheartedly and focused on the food. Mm -hmm. So you probably notice that you're like, they're holding still, but they're not even paying attention to what they're eating. They're mindlessly eating because they're watching. I do that sometimes with chips. Right. And so we don't want our kids to get into that practice to think they need entertainment or need to disconnect from their bodies to nourish their bodies. We want them to decide from the inside and connect from the inside whenever yeah. we can yeah so I think there'll yeah. be two conversations one with our kid you know we've noticed sometimes we do the screen sometimes you watch Piggle wiggles or whatever mm-hmm. and while you're eating and we're just not gonna do that anymore you yeah. know I've read a couple of things or I was talking to Dr. Hansen or whoever mm-hmm. you can be like Hannah and Kelty they should know us by now and and we've been learning that tv isn't that great mm-hmm. for us while we're eating I love that show what do you think? We're just going to be eating. I'm Mm -hmm. sitting here. Mama's sitting here. Brother's sitting here. We're just going to eat. We're going to try this out. And they're like, whatever. They just don't pay attention. Or they're like, okay. Or they're like, no, where's my screen? And we just welcome those feelings. Right. Mm -hmm. And then in the moment, we're going to be new, try to be as neutral as possible. Mm -hmm. We're going to try not to push foods. We're going to try not to be like, how was that? Did you try that? Did you try that? Are you going to eat? Mm -hmm. We'll just say, so Put we're all going to sit out. down. We're all going to sit down and eat. If we get up and leave, that tells me you're all done. Or if it's it's six o'clock and, or if it's, you know, six o'clock, that means dinner's over mm-hmm. and we're not going to eat anything else today. Okay. Yeah. Or like, you maybe have, you know, five to six is dinner for this mm-hmm. three and a half year old who struggles to sit still at the table. Mm-hmm. And you give them that opportunity. You're mm-hmm. there. Maybe she runs away the first mm-hmm. time or a couple of times. You have that meal window. You're like, well, mm-hmm. till six when mm-hmm. the, the bell dings, then the kitchen's closed. Mm-hmm. And then you maybe it or maybe this is earlier for a three and a half year old, but then maybe at like 7.30, you know, before toothbrushing and stuff, you say, here's a, we have a snack option. Mm-hmm. It's not a bar. It's not sugar. It's not a bunch of crap that they're going to delay dinner to eat. It's just more dinner maybe. Mm-hmm. Or it's, something, it's some healthy It's carrots option. and hummus. Mm-hmm. Or it's a little bit of seaweed. Or leftovers Or it's dinner. a little bit of yogurt with right. flax on it with whatever. whatever. Something you feel good that's nourishing that you know your child will eat until they kind of get this dinner rhythm going until this is and there might be a couple of hungry nights where they're trying to figure this whole thing out and you're just lovingly holding that holding that limit of no screens and 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 honestly the intuitive eating stuff that we've read often recommends if you're going to do some kind of dessert or sweet Mm -hmm. thing just give it with dinner Mm -hmm. just give it right at the beginning with the food so we're not kind of devaluing certain foods by holding other foods, you know, hostage. Right. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. We could talk about this for a really long time. I hope that that helps a little bit, but, um, but I would say you, you have permission to just let the screens go, give them screen another time. Mm -hmm. Um, not as like a prize or an incentive, but just a regular daily thing. So then you're not making that a restricted thing either. Yeah. And welcome all the feelings, any resistance around it, any squirreliness, any runaway, trusting that, that she's going to feed her body when she's ready Mm -hmm. she's going to start reattuning to it and connecting Mm -hmm. to it noticing what doesn't taste good what doesn't Mm -hmm. feel good right if you can continue to provide options that you feel good about she'll choose enough of them to get what she needs and she'll round that out too so providing that variety that rainbow as much as we can so i put out a ton of shit on the table and i know i'm going to eat it later and we're going to have it as leftovers for lunch tomorrow Mm -hmm. so i'm not stressed As long as there's two things that I know my son will eat. And then the rest he can taste. He can even just look at. That's exposure to those foods. Mm -hmm. He can watch his older sister eating it. He Mm -hmm. can watch me dipping it or cutting it. Oh, this is interesting. This time we just cooked it with butter. And usually Mm -hmm. we cook it with all those spices. Did you get to sample it? Even if they're touching the foods and playing with the foods, that is exposure to the foods. Even Mm -hmm. if they just smell it, it could be a fun little smelling test, Mm -hmm. right? But we just don't want to have too much of an agenda. We just want to make this a fun cornucopia this is the time that that dinner time or mealtime is happening. It's all good. Yeah. Someone just asked how we change eating habits. Um, and that's a, that's such a big a big conversation that we would love to um, mm-hmm. to unpack a little bit more. But we would um, suggest it's called A Parent's Guide to Intuitive Eating. Um, and it's on our book resources on upbringing.co. Mm-hmm. And then if you just Google the division of responsibility, you can probably find a lot of great um, articles on that to kind of get you down the intuitive eating path. Um, uh, rabbit hole. Um, hopefully that helps. Do we've, we have, do we have time for one more? I don't think we really have time, unfortunately. We'll have to save mm. these for next time. Um, but it was really fun seeing you all. Any final kind of comments on anything we've said? Yeah. Someone said sharing a win so far. Instead of saying sorry, my two-year-old asks, "Are you hurt? Do you have a scratch?" To her older brother when she accidentally hit him with a toy. Oh, that curiosity, that mm-hmm. beautiful uh, <clears throat> checking in, right? Of really not just saying the the automatic, oh, I did something bad, so I'm supposed to apologize, mm-hmm. right? Our kids don't need to be robots. We can we can raise humans. Yeah. And that was such a beautiful human thing to say. And I, I love that. There's so many ways to apologize. And we've been conditioned to say, no, it has to be these the words. Magic and it words. has to be this right. way to <laughs> say <laughs> please or to say thank you or to say I'm sorry. And I think that that's part of just ditching these old agendas, these inherited legacies of controlling things for certain words Policing. and certain mm-hmm. behaviors that we do not have to do. Certain people in our lives might expect that. We can be like, geez, I guess grandma really wanted to okay. hear something specific. Mm. Like maybe like, thank you. Sure. I don't yes. know. Those me- Those words mean a lot to her. It's interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. right? And then we yeah. can just be showing gratitude mm-hmm. and apologizing our asses off, right? And thanking our kids any chance we get. And that's how they're going to learn it. Just like your son did. That's Authentically. So cool. right. Yeah. In those moments. Someone said, always love listening in. You're both so good at giving us both grace and wisdom. Thanks mm. for that note. Thank you all and for that. sorry we didn't here. get to your comment about all your the spirited kids in your life. Please DM us yeah. or bring it up this next week. And I, I think have. we're going to start doing uh, Clubhouse mm-hmm. talks on Tuesdays. Um, that could be fun. That could be really fun. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if any of you are on Clubhouse. That would be... Fun to see you there. So we'll be in touch about that soon. Don't we have a sale going on too, Cal? Sibling Guide? Um, We didn't even talk about siblings today. That's Mm -hmm. funny. Yeah, we usually talk about them a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've got the Sibling Guide, um, Conflict Guide on Sale. So someone asked if we have lives every week. Yep, every Thursday around 5 o'clock. We we hop on. Welcome. And um, they're all stored on our IGTV tab on Instagram here. And they go to our podcast, our upbringing podcast, um, and are released every Monday if it's easier to listen for you or someone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, bring your questions. DM us ahead of time, and we can hope to get to them. Um, And I think that's all. We're wrapping Mm -hmm. this up, everybody. We love you. You're doing an amazing job. You're raising the next generation Mm -hmm. who's going to do it differently right? Mm-hmm. Who's going to acknowledge their power and privilege. Who's going to use it rather than abuse it. <clears throat> who's going to know who they are and be very in touch with their own inner wisdom and authority. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. Who uh, Children who can meet their own needs adaptively because if people can meet their own needs, then they can identify and support other people's needs. That's yeah. the idea is that it's from the inside out. Right. right? Yeah, begins with our kids. It's just so backward. And just last reminder within that is to just put socialization second to self-awareness, right? Our kids will learn the status quo. They will learn what is quote unquote right and wrong. All of that is gonna happen outside with the external gaze, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't have to be that first person, that's the external person saying, holding up all these stop signs in Whoa, our kids' lives. Whoa, want there. Right? We, wanna, we wanna be that side-by-side buddy that's helping our kids focus on that self-awareness. Where were you coming from when you did that? What were you thinking? Are you okay? What are you needing? Can we be that person, that non-judgmental, loving, curious voice that our kids will carry with them when they leave us? That's the advocate, right? Yeah. The inner advocate that, that knows the wisdom and the authority that can stand up for themselves. Yeah. And with that power, with that permission, right, they can do that for other people as well. Yeah. That's the idea. That's the idea. Thanks for being here, everyone. We'll see you next week. Um, For those of you in our uh, Spirited Kid Club, we'll see you really soon. Can't Um, wait. Check it out on our shop, everyone. Talk to you later.